For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Hey, my fellow Wizards masochists, uh, I've got a reaction podcast coming with Troy Halliburton and the Washington City paper coming here in a minute. But just a real quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online, before we get going. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, this is raw, sort of unscripted. So just uh, what Troy and I are thinking after that that game. So uh, I'm sure it's a lot what, you know what you guys are feeling and stuff too. So uh, bear with us if it's not as uh, structured as our podcasts typically are here. So, uh, yeah, let's hit it. All right, we're uh, we're joining you after a 116-115 Wizards loss to the Clippers. For anyone who didn't watch the game, they were up 35 points and somehow managed to lose this game. Uh, I'm joined by Troy Halliburton in the Washington City Paper. Troy, you were the first person I thought of to do this with because... Of anybody, you don't pander, right? You'll keep it real. You'll give your opinion on this. There's going to be sort of no sugarcoating here. So that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted this kind of be like a raw reaction. We have a little bit of time to think about it, but uh, just your gut reaction to what happened in this game and, and where do we even go from here? Yeah, well, my gut reaction is that, I mean, this was an embarrassing loss on all fronts for the Wizards as a franchise. Like, I mean, the, t- tonight was so embarrassing that, I mean, they, they might have to position to change the name like, even though i know a lot of people C-dogs, already want to do that anyway. let's do it hey <laughs> sea dogs sea dogs probably would have uh, a much better connotation when it comes to winning than the word wizards ever had so mm-hmm. i mean like when, when you look at guys like david aldridge he said uh he say, say he's been covering the teams or been around the team for 40 years and this is the uh, most embarrassing moment that he's seen like when, when you think about what they did and blowing a 35-point lead to the Los Angeles Clippers, who are without Kawhi Leonard, who are without Paul George, who are without even Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris is like, you know, a a viable option for them. Largely nobody. They benched their starters from uh, from the first half, and and the Wizards blew what is the second-largest lead in NBA history and uh, the largest lead in in, in, in damn near a quarter century. Like, it's just embarrassing on all fronts. 
You know, it's funny. I was at the Warriors Clippers playoff game a couple years ago where the Clippers made that huge comeback. As the only time I went to Oracle Arena, it was still an amazing experience. Like the fans were kind of crushed. Uh, and I was like, oh, those poor losers. I can't imagine what it feels like to be, you know, <laughs> a part of a, a, a team falling apart like that. And they still ended up making the NBA final. So I'm sure they're doing much better than we are. But, uh, you know, our team actually experienced that. And to your point, Kuzma talked about tonight how they were up 35 points. The Clippers literally, to his words, were not even trying to win. They sat all their starters and they just sort of organically chipped away. And again, for anybody that didn't watch, the game literally ended on Bradley Beal fouling Luke Kennard, which you can argue should or shouldn't be a foul, but you can't put yourself in that spot if you're a veteran leader of the team. He had a three and the free throw to, to win the game. And, and, and there you are. I just, it was a comedy of errors down the stretch. And I, I honestly, I just, I sort of can't reconcile still how they lost that game. Like everything had to go wrong. All right. Well, I, I know uh, the two people who I would uh, attribute most of the blame to. Um, I, I will say that Wes Unsell Jr. probably gave one of the worst coaching performances I've seen in some time. Yeah, and, and and we and we we've been here for the Scott Brooks era, but he mm-hmm. made some some coaching decisions tonight that was, I mean, just inexplicable. And they're um, indefensible. Like there's and, no and argument. Inexplicable. Yeah. Yeah. Like Daniel Gaffer playing 12 minutes tonight, it it doesn't make any sense because he didn't like, like his stretch early in the third quarter. But you liked yeah, what but, you saw but, from. But you have yeah yeah, but you have Dinwiddie's out there. He's <laughs> like not playing any defense, not hitting any shots. He's literally just getting cardio, running up and down the floor. Yeah. But you like what he's doing, and and you can't go back to Gafford. Like I, I think that I mean that 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 to me was a, a I mean that that was kind of worse than a Scott Brooks answer, and and that was worse than a Scott Brooks coaching performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I mean, Bradley Beal has to take some type of culpability yeah. or responsibility for this. If you're the star player, at some point you have to take over the game to ensure that your team is going to win the game. Like it, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense that like that his inability to to close out games down the stretch, his constant uh, turning the ball over uh, or shooting air balls on possessions that they really need. Hey, to me, I if I understand that people are saying, how can you blame Brad for this loss? How, how can you give him credit for them winning? Like he didn't he didn't do anything to affect them winning. Like. At some point, as the leader of the team, as a Supermax franchise player, Put you have to back. you have to put the team on your back. Like that that's the like that's the thing that I think that people really aren't realizing. And so I, I'm really very much frustrated with Wes Unsell Jr. and Bradley Beal with the Wizards and 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 one of the most embarrassing nights in NBA history. Brad did not lose them this game, but he also did not win them this game. And when you are that person and you're that guy and you're so concerned with all stars and all NBAs and all that shit, if you're an NBA, all NBA guy, you win your team that game. They don't have uh, an equivalent player. And it's just that simple. Like you can't, I, I tweeted from the Bolts Forever account that Beal had one of his patented fourth quarter lower body induced turnovers. Um, There's a dribble off the foot. Uh, you know, there was the, whatever you make of the backward violation with Dinwiddie, like just everything went wrong for them. Um, so I I don't think he lost it. I know you don't think he lost them the game either. Like, but it's, you have to strap up. If you're him, make a play, get a stop, get to the hoop. Don't commit a foul. Like, don't even put yourself in a position where they could call a foul, be smart, be a leader. 
He committed the foul or a four point right. play. How do you foul a That's three point shit. shooter yeah. down three? Yeah. Like that is just not smart basketball. Yeah. Like Danny he fouled it. a three point shooter and then he made the shot. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like even the one three that he did make, he almost turned it over before he got it and made the three. Yeah. Like he didn't. He like he did not perform to the level of an NBA of a max contract player of an all NBA player of an all star player. He didn't perform like I'd be disappointed if Rui did that as a first round as a former first round draft yeah. pick like, or, or Kispert like, or, or Denny Kispert or any of these young guys. Like he he did not perform to the level of a guy who's who's about winning. And at the end of the day, he has to like take some responsibility for that. And so even after uh, I was in the 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 the, the uh, Zoom for the the post-game press conference, and Brad legitimately said that he didn't think that he was going back in the game, and he was upset that he had to go back in. And I, and I understand that perspective, but as a superstar, if you know that you, you have to do go that back sometimes, in, that's your job. If, if you thought that you were getting ready to sit for the rest of the game because you were up 30 and now you're up 20 in the fourth quarter, and you have to go back in, you gotta go back in with a killer yeah. instinct to make sure yeah. that your team comes out with the victory. Yeah. He didn't do that, he came back in the game. It was getting cardio, running up and down the floor. Yeah. If, if you're pissed about it, put the team on your back for five minutes, get the lead back up to 30, and then you can go back and sit down again. Like, it's really that simple. So, like, if, if you don't want to play at that point, then make it so you don't have to keep playing. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, like I said, Brad did not lose them this game. But, really, like I would I would put more, more of that onto uh, Wes Unso Jr. And I'm very curious. I want to get your opinion on this, Matt. What, what, what do you think? think is leading to the, Daniel Gafford in his like severe decline in minutes play like it, do you believe that they are really sh- trying to showcase Montrez Harrell and Thomas Bryant uh for before the trade deadline and that's and and because they cannot trade Daniel Gafford that that, that that's why he said it because I mean if that it, it kind of it, it's the only logical explanation and if that is what's going on then man, we got we got bigger problems than just Brad or Wes Unsell Jr. I think that's definitely a part of it. So, some of this to me reads as like I'm the old school defensive coach, or so I think, and I'm going to send a message to the team. Like I can't really uh, do anything with Beal or Dinwiddie or some of these guys that are more established because there's egos, and I'm a rookie coach and all this shit. Uh, but with, with Gafford, you know, I tell him not to foul and he fouls too much. So I'm going to make a point. You collect your fourth foul. I'm going to sit your ass down like that, because that's the only reason you would make the comment about, I didn't like what I saw from him in the third quarter. Like if it was just strictly showcasing somebody, you'd give some obtuse. I just really liked what Trez gave us shit, but he talked about his lack of effort, uh, and, and, and like the over fouling, which are, are fine if that's your concern, but. Um, they became, it became a layup line as soon as he left the game. So let him foul out if that's what you're really worried about. And then you play the other guys. I mean, just, just do something, try something when things clearly aren't working. It's coaching malpractice to, Mm -hmm. to not have one of the best defender rim defenders in the NBA, not in the game, defending the rim. Like that's coaching malpractice. It just doesn't make sense. And so if he wants to use that as an example, if he wants to scapegoat uh, Daniel Gaffer and, you know, and, and say that he doesn't like what he's seeing from him as far as an effort thing, then, I mean, then, like, like I said, we, we've got bigger problems to, to worry about because, I mean, there, there are a lot more guys out there who are not putting forth the proper effort there. And there are a lot more guys who should be scolded for, for subpar play. And the team just seems to be content with letting guys just, just coast along. 
what happened to our super max or 10 year veteran max guy talking about how he wanted to make an all defensive team this year. Did that look like an all defensive team guy to you? Uh, I mean, did you see anything from Beal that pointed to somebody that actually looked like they wanted to play defense tonight? No, I, I didn't see that from Bill on the defensive end. Now, what I did see from Bill uh, early on in the game from an offensive standpoint was him being much more active mm-hmm. and trying to get his teammates involved. Yeah, I love that. And so that's what I led to the that, lead. That, I thought that's why they had the lead. And I thought that that was impressive uh, from him to, 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 to you know, kind of read the room, knowing that, you know, first of all, like, the, the, the Wizards don't really – they haven't played well and won a lot of games when Bradley Bill scores a lot of points. That's just right. point blank, period. Yeah, the record and is so bad. That should get, tell you something. Exactly. And so once we have kind of established that, like, then we need to know to switch it up. And so Brad and the coaching staff have switched it up, and they put the ball in his hands a lot more. But it seems like to me, like, when 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 stuff, when stuff starts getting tough in games, like, Brad especially, he, like, reverts back to his old bad habits. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing the things that were working for them that got him to that point, he just goes back to what he knows. And that's, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of isolation basketball and trying to go one-on-one with guys, but not even, like, being, like, 100% efficient and proficient at that like he is through the first three quarters. I, I just don't get it. It's confusing. The point Beal stuff is is great and cute, and, and I've been kind of in, in favor of it. But when teams adjust and they really put pressure on him and guys are, are blitzing him in the fourth quarter and, you know, trying to pin him against the uh, against the sideline, like he he's not a good enough ball handler to get out of that. He's actually not a savvy enough passer to get out of it half the time either. And it results in bad shots or him taking too long to kind of get out of it. And it resulted in a bunch of bad Dinwiddie threes that barely grazed rim, you know, at the end of the shot clock. And and you have to adjust as a coaching staff. If Beal can't bring the ball up by himself and your point guard is too slow to do it. And let's spend a couple minutes on Dinwiddie here in a second, but like you're getting torched defensively anyway. So that's, that's actually a situation where it would have been excusable to have somebody like Neto out there as bad as he's been all year. If, if you can't get past the pressure, like you need a ball handler or let Kuz bring it up against, you know, one of the other bigs, uh, j- just something like you, you have to make a change as a coaching staff. Like they adjusted. Now you adjust. And, and on the broadcast, they were talking about like, Oh, uh, it's, it's the, uh, Tyron Lue is the chiropractor because he makes adjustments. Well, I, I saw literally no adjustments from Wes Unsell Jr. at any point in the game tonight. It was just like, a, oh, well, hopefully we'll squeak this one out. No, he made adjustments. They were just bad, bad ones. Right. Bad. Yeah, right. like, yeah, they were the wrong I mean, direction. Yeah. When, when you're playing ever and then you adjust yeah. to not yeah. playing him, right. like that's he just, didn't that, readjust. That's bad adjustments. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he needed to readjust. Like I, I, I totally get exactly what you're saying though, as far as like like what he did tonight. I think that this and this goes back to why I said that it was this loss was embarrassing on all three levels because we haven't talked about the front office aspect of this, mm-hmm. but that that like this this roster, while it has good depth as far as in the, in a vacuum, if you just look at the, the 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 12 guys that they have that they could be in their rotation, those guys, a lot of those guys are more times than not like above average or too average middling NBA players. Mm-hmm. But the way that it's constructed does not fit in a way that is conducive for this team. And so mm-hmm. when you look at uh, having uh, b- great ball handlers, like it's somebody who can who can get the ball up the court. I mean, Brad's the best ball handler on the team. And Which is that's, sad. And, 
and he's not a top ball handler in the NBA. So automatically right there, as from a roster construction standpoint, this team is operating at a deficit because we don't have one of the, we don't have good ball handler. And so when you talked about Spencer Dinwiddie, I mean, he, he's a guy who, you know, he, he's got a little bit of that shadow in his game, but he's backing guys down before half court just across the ball. It's the only thing he can do. Good. He's too slow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really a problem. And then I think that, you know, when you look at Neto, the Neto experiment has just gone sour uh, really quickly. And then the rest of the guys that are on our roster aren't good ball handlers. Like KCP and Kyle Kuzma, like they dribble the ball off their foot all the time. Rui Hashimura isn't a good ball handler. Corey Kisper, he's a good ball cutter. And, 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 And to me, I think this is where you have to bring in like a coaching aspect. Even if you don't have good ball handling, like, okay, uh, you can also advance the ball up court by passing. And so where are your plays that mm-hmm. that, that that move the ball around? Like, you don't have to mm-hmm. dribble the ball to get it up. You can pass, pass, pass. The ball is up before the layup. The ball doesn't even have to touch the ground. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I don't think that we see, you know, those type of adjustments from Wes Unso Jr. Yeah, where, where's your safety valve guy? You've got Trez literally under the hoop. You've got Kuzma in a corner. You don't want KCP. Like, if KCP never dribbled again, I would actually be a much happier person. It I concur. Just, it, it's, it, dude, it's painful. I don't understand how you got to that level. Like, and everybody talks about like, okay, you know, it's different at the NBA level. Like, he would dribble circles around the rest of us. Like, nah, I, I fully understand that. But you should be able to put the ball on the floor serviceably enough. And every time he touches it and the ball hits the ground, I cringe and look away from the screen because I, I just can't justify it. Uh, but yeah, and from, from a coach's standpoint, why does he even have ever. the authority to go out yeah. there and do some of the stuff he does? Like he that, that, that's another thing. Like, yeah. yo, if, how many times has has KCP looked up at the, at, the, at, the, at the clock and said, "You know what? It's KCP time," uh-huh. and nobody stops him? Yeah. <laughs> like it's crazy. I don't mind him taking a 15 footer, even if it clangs off the bottom of the ring. Like I don't even actually give a shit, but I don't want to see him dribbling seven times before he attempts to do that. And, and part of Kuzma's comments tonight were about uh, not having figured out the rotation yet, where guys not really fully understanding their roles yet at this point. And then he tried to kind of like backpedal a little, but you know, we haven't had our full team here yet. This is like the same shit we killed Scott Brooks for. And Wes is getting a pass because he's new and, and the honeymoon isn't fully over here yet. But like guys need to have it painfully spelled out for them what they are and are not allowed to do on the court within the structure that you're trying to provide for the team. He doesn't know it. Dinwiddie clearly doesn't know it. We should never see him jack fadeaway threes, you know, after dribbling 15 times and the ball not moving at all. Um, but but just, just sticking with Dinwiddie here for a second. I'm fully of the opinion, no matter how terrible he's been, that if you replace him with Cassius Winston on a bum leg for that game, they still probably win that game. Like Dinwiddie, I actively believe, was point shaving at certain stretches of the second half. It was that bad, Troy. I'm. What happened to this dude? He swears he's healthy, but there's no way a guy that ever played at the level he played at could just be this bad all of a sudden if it's not injury related. Yeah, well, I think, number one, uh, I think a lot of Wizards fans and the Wizards themselves overrated what Spencer Dinwiddie has done mm-hmm. in his past. Mm-hmm. I think that he's been a very good, serviceable, uh, above-replacement-level NBA player. Sure. I don't think that he is one of the top starting point guards in the NBA. I don't think that, uh, and especially with him coming off of this ACL injury, for them to 
to to to to not have a better uh, viable option as the backup point guard uh, uh, as as an insurance policy in the in the in the situation that we we know Neto what he did last year. Okay, even Neto at his very best is a. He's a NBA player. NBA player. Like, he, that's just it. And so for the, for them to only bring back just Neto, I mean, they, they put their eggs too far into, into one basket as far as trusting Dinwiddie and his ability to recover uh, from that ACL injury that, I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, literally just went to the one-year mark this month. Right. But, but even if he's just a, a like best case scenario, an eighth man on a good team, like let's say that like, that literally is, is they've misjudged him by that much. Even the eighth man on a good team would have been light years better than what we saw from him tonight. And, and honestly, the Boston game wasn't much better. Like I, the stretch where he got beat, like literally just blown by and then had the backcourt violation right after, you know, there was like a travel tonight. I mean, half of his shots, like, literally barely touched the rim. There's something else there. And I don't know what that is. But as a coaching staff, it doesn't really matter why. He shouldn't have been in the game at a certain point. Anybody would have been a better option than that, I think. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that when you say that, you know, it looks like he was uh, point-shaving out there. I I think that there's some some good cases to be made. And there were some plays that – you definitely have to scratch your head and look at. I mean, I mean, Din Dinwiddie has he hasn't been good this year, and you know I think the team they they have to like I said and that goes back to the front office because you know he was their priority uh, going into the offseason. I mean, there were other we we would have been better off getting Alex Caruso to come in here and be our starting point guard. Like we'd be we'd be a much better players. team. Yeah, players. You know, like, you have like, actual it, point of attack defense, less turnover. Well, actually, Dinwiddie's been very good about not turning the ball over, but but still, other than, other than that. Other than that, like he he that's the only aspect of his game that has really been kind of positive. But I mean, there were plenty of guys that they could have gone after, and but they chose to go after Spencer Dinwiddie, and that's on the front office, and that's also on the 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 quote unquote Max uh franchise player because he that's the point guard that he wanted. They gave him a list and he came back and said, Yo, I wanted to go out and get Spencer Dinwiddie. And they went out and they didn't even have the money to sign him. They, 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 you know, they, they finessed their way to, to, in order to put him into that Russell Westbrook trade in order to, you know, facilitate a sign and trade to, to even pull that move off. And they did all of that because Brad asked them to, you know, I'm sure that they liked him uh, as well. Yeah, but, but he forced I mean, their it's hand. A, yeah. it, it's, it's a, it's a front office and Bradley Bill, uh, uh, a roster construction decision that brought Spencer Dinwiddie to uh, DC and that decision has has so far uh, proven to be a bad one. I've been like an unabashed Tommy Homer because I think the Westbrook trade was like that masterclass that that I I've given him passes for a lot of things. But and I actually like the drafting so far more than than most people do. But the free agency signings, the big dollar ones, have not paid off well at all here. And I'm like a firm believer in. You don't give big money to guys unless they have long-term track records. You had one and a half years of sample size for Dinwiddie, and you threw a lot of money at him. Now, maybe the longer-term protections make that a little less terrible. It's not a super long deal. The Bertans thing, you had literally one season of data before you threw money at him. Not even a whole season. The season got yeah. caught short that's, because that's of COVID. Yeah. He didn't even go to the bubble. Like That's, that's the right. thing. That's, yeah. That's like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. That should factor in, too. Uh, so 
you know, like Tommy deserves heat. Everybody deserves heat. Like this is a collective organization level embarrassment loss here. Like this is what they should get, you know, for, for putting in minimal effort and the team thought they were something you just got embarrassed by Boston. You got to have more pride than that. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm getting old here, Troy, but like, to me, I'm thinking at some point, either in the Boston game or down the stretch of that game tonight, like somebody lay somebody asses out, like somebody's ass out, like just something like you got a little bit from Trez. There's some flexing, getting people hyped, all 4,000 people or 5,000 people or whoever were there, but like somebody have an edge to you, like Beals complaining, Dinwiddie's got a blank look on his face. Uh, Kuzma largely disappeared for much of the fourth quarter. I, I actually think he was good for most of the game. But again, you have to, you have to have guards to set him up to. Like you don't want ten dribble, you know, fade away eighteen footer Kuzma either. So if no one can set him up, like he'll never get good looks in my opinion. So I, I just I don't know where they go from here. Like I'm I'm actually that like befuddled by everything that I watched tonight. Yeah, I mean, befuddle is a good word to use. Um, you know, it, and like I said, like it, it's just like th- it's just this is the lowest point in uh, the Wizards franchise history yeah. to me. Just because, like, I mean, where they, are we going? Where are we going? That's the thing that, like, where are we going? Like, even like when 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 you had the uh, you know the trust of process Sixers and, the, and I know that like they were really low at least there was a there was something there was a tunnel there was like a vision at the end of that tunnel and it's like we are doing this because this is going to net us like something uh it could possibly net us something in the future like the wiz- we have no future like we we don't know what it is that we're going to do and, and, and people just keep saying resign Brad as, as if that's like an answer when it's really just more of the same, like it, it just it, it, to me, like I, I'm more so I'm the most disappointed in Tommy Shepard at this point because he has not given the Wizards fan base. He has not given NBA Twitter. He has not given probably Ted Leonsis a long term solution as to how he plans on turning this thing around. And so everything for me, it just seems that that, that every decision they make is really short sighted. And, and it's just more of the same. And it's just overall just frustrating. The you know the whole interview where I keep my cards close to my best thing, like uh, that's that's cute hyperbole or whatever. But you owe your fan base some idea of your vision that you intend to execute. We we don't need to know all the ins and outs, but hey, we are not actually trying to win shit this year. We're trying to figure out who's a viable piece, who's worth keeping. And like rebuild the roster in an image that makes sense, whatever that is, it, whether it's keep, I don't care if he tells us specifics, but, oh, we're going to win that. Like, no, you're not like everyone knows that you're not. So if it's, Hey, we're going to chop shop this team and get rid of coups and get rid of KCP and get rid of Harold and, and try to retool in the off season. I don't care what you actually do, but you have owe, a plan. You owe us some look into what that plan is, especially after a game from this and if ted can get off his fat ass and tweet stuff out when they win or flex you know when uh, on twitter anytime they have like an especially good performance his ass owes us a response like there needs to be some organizational level reaction to this two fans like almost an apology to be honest because this is an the most embarrassing two game stretch of my entire life it's not just tonight like it's you can't look at it in a vacuum like 
the Celtics game was an abomination, and this was somehow worse. I, I have no words at, at this point. The Celtics game was an abomination, and this was somehow worse. I like you could not have taken the words right. Like they, you, you spoke it perfectly, Matt. Like it's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy, and and, and that's I, I really love what you said as far as. Like Tommy doesn't owe us all of the details as far as what he's doing, but he has to give us some type of inkling as to where the direction of the franchise is going. Yeah. Because, but and you know what? He can't because he doesn't know because Bradley Bill's holding them hostage. Mm-hmm. We can't we we can't know where we're going. We can't have a future because Bradley Bill is only concerned about him and and getting money. That's what he's made. He has clearly made. Him getting ready to sign this super mass contract extension, the priority, and that's great for him, but that's that that has nothing to do with Wizards fans, it's with a the rest of the organization, mm-hmm. with his other teammates. Like he, his his decisions are affecting others' livelihoods right now. And so like his decisions affect whether Denny or Rui are going to finish, are they going to be here after the trade deadline? Like his decisions affect it's more than just him. And I don't think he realizes that. And it's honestly, it's quite, it's quite selfish. And 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 to me, it's not the sign of a real leader at all. Like, if you don't want to be here, then just say that. If you if you do want to be here, then say that so that we can get behind it. Like, that's it. I would be a lot. I would feel a lot better. And I would I would just say, forget it. If if Brad said, you know what, I, I plan on signing a super max contract extension. I'm gonna be here for five more years because Ooh. I want to turn this thing around. I'd be like, all right, cool. Let's yeah, do buckle that. up. Yeah, right. Let's 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 do that. But to have him just waffling back and forth, holding the team hostage, it's not right. And somebody has to call him out on it. Yeah, I mean, we're 100 percent on the same page about it. Like whatever you do, I I don't even actually care, but just commit to it. Like pick a lane, go all in on that lane, whatever it is, whether it's a soft rebuild or it's a full rebuild, which they'll never do, in my opinion. But I, I don't care. I don't, really don't care. Go all in and trade all of your semi-assets for a win-now piece. I, I really do not fundamentally give a shit what they pick. But but just I, be, I'd be with it if 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 because they pick the lane. I'd be commit. with that. Yeah. So that that's that's pretty much where I am with this. And so at the end of the day, with the trade deadline, what's the trade deadline? Uh, the 10th. February tenth. Yeah. So I mean, we're literally looking at what like two weeks from now, and like this. I mean, there, there there are like lots of decisions that need to be made in the next two weeks. And the Wizards are showing you exactly who they are heading into this. There should be no confusion about with Tommy Shepard mm-hmm. and, and Brett Greenberg and all the rest of those, the Wizards brain trust. When they're sitting down in those rooms deciding what the future of the front, there should be no qualms about who this team is. They suck. That's like, that's the, that's the, at the end of the day. So if they're working on that baseline, then I, I just I just hope that they can go in there and try to make the best decisions for the organization and not the best decisions for Bradley Bill. Your ceiling with this group is a 500 team. That's the ceiling. I mean, that's literally the ceiling. You, you could say 43, 39, whatever, somewhere in that ballpark. Like that's if things go well for them and they don't go one for six in this next stretch, whatever it is. Uh, and and that shouldn't be good enough for them. Just it just shouldn't. Like that shouldn't be a thing that you're wanting to commit to. So if we're holding on to Trez and KCP and guys like that that might have some value to you know to other teams at the deadline, that's solely because they're trying to appease Brad. Right? KCP is his boy. He's here because of it. Oh, the 
the Trez and Brad post-game shows are cute. So we're keeping Trez. Like I, that's, that's the only thing that says to me is that we're kissing Brad's ass again. And again, that would be fine, but like commit to that. Don't like trade off all the young guys, then fuck it. Like if we're going all in, then, then go all in. But you can't, in my opinion, you cannot keep this group together as constructed. You, you got Kuzma going up there going, I have no idea. I don't know what the problem is. Something's got to change. I don't know. But the fact that we started 10 and three and now we are where we are, it's pretty comical. Like wh- whatever the order of those quotes were, I mean, that's a representation of where the locker room is at. So if you go status quo at the deadline, I just, I don't know what that says about what you're doing and, and what you're like willing to say is okay as an organization. It's, it's time for the Wizards to get back in the Dayton pool market. It's time to, time yeah. to put the apps back on the phone. Let's get back out there. Yeah. Get back out there swiping. That's, 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 I'm going to leave it with that. <laughs> and, and I, I thought uh, Tony Massenberg said it the best of anybody on, on the postgame show. Uh, that wouldn't have happened at any of the winning organizations he played in. It wouldn't happen in Utah back in the day. It wouldn't happen in San Antonio. Like there was no leadership. There was no accountability. And uh, you don't have to be a vocal leader. Like if Brad's not the raw, raw guy that Westbrook was uh, fine, but you got to find some way to lead that team. And the constant press conferences of we were bad. We were ass. We can't guard a park car. We turn over. Yeah, you are. You are. So what are you going to do about it? Like you, again, you owe us that much as a fan base. If we're going to commit to giving a shit about you, if, if you're going to tweet stuff like, Hey, come on out to capital one arena and all that shit tonight. Like, well, give us a reason to play defense, be a leader, do something. I, I mean, if he'd have gone to the hoop 10 straight times tonight and not scored on any of them, I would at least have like, fuck it. At least that guy gives a shit. They might not even be good basketball plays, but I could buy into like, you know, the effort level there. I just didn't feel that for many of them, in, in especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it like you, you're, you. I'm glad to to be on this podcast with you and and have you to be able to, you know, articulately like break down exactly what it is that's going on. This is this is such a a difference from the the Wizards Twitter Spaces from earlier today, which was. <laughs> Just, I'm just, too old just for that shit, man. I absolute do it. chaos. And, I and look, it. I'm not gonna lie. It, to me, it was everything that's right and everything that is wrong with the internet in one just big space. Like that. That was just highly entertaining. <laughs> I, I respect those guys for putting it together. I respect people for turning out. I was just in like too raw of a place to be to be in something like that immediately after this. I'm glad we're doing this a little later. I'm slightly more composed. Tori, like I was as down on like sports life. Yeah, like it it got dark in my house for like the hour after this game. And I've seen so much dumb shit with the Wizards and they've never done that to me. Like I'm usually the one that like, all right, I'm mad for a few minutes. And then I'm like, all right, let's bang out a couple. You know, what are the takeaways that are positive here? Like, where do we go from this? I'm literally at a, I do not know where we go from this. There's no positive. (laughs) Yeah. Blow this whole fucker up. Like just, just, just hit the, like the dynamite button in the, uh, the Looney Tunes cartoon, like something and just, and and just get everybody out of here. Like I, again, I'm, I am angry with this team. And I tweeted this, that I'm angry that I had to agree with Justin Kutcher after the game tonight, when he said like, they need to ship, everybody needs to be on the table here. That's a hundred percent true. Like there's none of this, like, 
you know, uh, he's untradeable bullshit, like other than Gafford, obviously, because they can't. But like, they, they yeah, literally can't trade him. So. But, but everybody else at this point has made themselves suspect to being traded based on the way that they perform to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, there are only, you know, three or four uh, guys in the NBA who are, you know, quote-unquote really we untradeable. Yeah, like, you know, like LeBron's untradeable, KD's untradeable, Steph, you know, Kawhi, uh, Giannis, Jokic, and B. That's really it. Like, after that, everybody else is on the move. <laughs> like, anybody could get it. Like And, and so I think that uh, the Wizards as an organization have to get to a point where they're not uh, – uh, I don't know where they're not just so enamored with their own talent. Like we, we, we think more highly of our players and our talent than the rest of the league does. And at some point we have to realize that like our overestimating is, is hurting the value of some of these assets. And we have so many situations where we had positive assets that we could have flipped into more assets and we didn't, we turned them into liabilities. Bertans off of that year, off of that half a season that Bertans had, we least. could have turned him into a asset tree that could be still be growing to this day. Yeah. Instead, they turned him into now, which is one of the biggest liability contracts in the NBA. And so no one, these no are one fundamental. No one would take him. He, he's no more untradeable to me than We'd have to attach Westbrook. a first round pick to somebody to get them to take 18 million, 16, 17 million dollars of Davis Bertans. Mm-hmm. He's out of the rotation. Like, he 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 literally he's a he's a he's a one trick pony who <laughs> he, doesn't, no, he doesn't have one trick yet. Exactly, it's terrible. It's terrible. So I don't know. Like I think that the Wizards they have to do a lot of soul searching. I know the thing is that I know with Tommy, I know he's hurting just as much as we are though, and that's he the cares. thing. He cares. he cares. He cares. Like you know, I, well I can say that where I, Ernie Grunfeld probably would be sleeping good as hell right now. You know, but but Tommy's probably up. Tommy's probably not going to sleep tonight. Because he's going to be working and thinking and about if we're not, he shouldn't. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good point. But at the end of the day, they they've got two weeks here before this trade deadline to kind of reorganize and reassess where they are as a franchise and to start laying down a foundation of what the future is going to look like. Yeah, he he got a pass from me for a very long time because I think. He had he was so handcuffed by what he received from Ernie when when taking over. But you you've made some moves. You've given yourself some flexibility here now. Cups now what, off. what you do with it exactly? This is on you from here on out. And if this deadline is a bust, if if they do dumb things and make poor decisions and hold on to guys longer than they should again, like we're we're the honeymoon's over for me. Like there is no more defending that at this point. So. Um, yeah, well, well, you know what? The honeymoon might be over for us, but it isn't for him because he signed a contract extension at the beginning right. of the season uh, after the 10 and 3 start. So he's got 15 yeah. more years in the front office, no matter what. I mean, the guy's been there for, for over a decade. It's, he's not exactly. going to it's a it's a it's a com- it's a comedy of 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 just 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 uh just a slippery slope of mishap after mishap, uh indecision after misdecision. Like it, it's just it, I don't know. It, it is everything that, uh, that 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 the hashtag so wizards lifestyle is, is we've come to know and love and hate. These guys are making me long for the days when Andre Blatch was getting his shoe shit in 
Like that's how far <laughs> we've come, you know, from, from me at the beginning of the season saying I was so excited for this team. And on paper, I really, I thought this was going to be a much like more enjoyable team to watch than it's been. I didn't think they'd be good. I said 41 and 41, but I thought the brand of basketball would be good. It'd be encouraging. You know, we'd, we'd have some hope and we would keep building on what they did with the Westbrook trade. And now they literally have me to the point where I'm like, you know, I, I wish Javaris and, and Gilbert were fighting it out in the locker room or something like those were better times to me as a fan than this is right now. It's dark, man. It's really dark. It's really dark. <laughs> uh, Troy, thank you for doing this. I hope everybody is now listening to this as, as rested or whatever. We are doing this with a very, very raw reaction here after the fact. It's late. Troy, you've been awesome. Anything you want to leave folks with? Anything you yeah, have? Yeah, I, got, I got, 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 got an article that I was already working on before tonight's game. So it, 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 and I had, I had some, just some, some minor edits to put in, but like, major opinionated column to coming tomorrow Ooh. in the Washington city paper. So I want the people to be on the lookout for that. Uh, that. That's actually, that's perfect timing. I hope it's not too much of a rewrite after any of the stuff that happened tonight. No, 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 no. no. I, my, my opinion was already this nailed it down in for this it. direction. Yeah. And, and this was just the perfect game to kind of just bring all of that home to reiterate some of the confusion and, and the lack of direction that, that, that I had, that I see from my vantage point. I would assume anybody that's already listening to the, this podcast already follows you on Twitter. If they don't, they should do so. Troy, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Troy Halliburr, T-R-O-Y-H-A-L-I-B-U-R. Uh, that, that handle is on all social platforms. So that, yeah, just come and and, and I and look, I engage with, with, with people on Twitter all the time. So yes, you if you want to come and, and talk it out, hash it out, you know, like, I, like I, I agree in treating everybody with respect and having uh, uh, intellectual d- discourse on, on, on some of these topics. So, you know, please just get at me. <laughs> and that, that's the thing I enjoy, honestly, Troy, most because uh, we can disagree on like what to do, what the right path is, all that stuff. But like it's always a, like a positively spirited debate. So, so thank you for doing that. Thank you for coming on here. Um, All right, I mean, Matt. I greatly appreciate you. Thank you for for you know keeping keeping the Wizards uh, podcasting game going strong. I actually listened to uh, you guys uh, to you on the uh, the, the the galleries of uh, mm. the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast the other day with you, Domo and uh, Brendan. That that was pretty good. I listened to that. Yeah, <laughs> Domo got me with one of those lines. He said he said if we're mad at Brand, we're gonna be mad at an eighth grader for six years from now. But what what we gonna be blaming him too? Like. <laughs> In, in retrospect, I was worried that they would crush tonight by 35 and everyone would listen to that podcast after the fact and think we were way too mean. But but now, in retrospect, I don't think we were mean enough. Yeah. <laughs> some, of those, some of those C's should have been D's, probably. Yeah, exactly. A lot of zeros across the board. Um, yeah, so it's good to plug that, too, so people go listen to that. <laughs> thank you, sir. Troy, I appreciate it, as always. Hopefully, better times are ahead for us, whatever that looks like. I appreciate that, Matt. Hey, we're going to wake up sunny, but the hashtag so wizards will live on. <laughs> yeah, forever in perpetuity until we change the name. Uh, <laughs> all right, Matt. Take it easy. Thanks, man. Thanks, Troy. Everybody, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And hopefully we'll have better things to talk about next time.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.